On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, it's do or die for the Chicago Bears as they travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. We'll break down what we're looking for in that contest, then discuss a little sports gambling with Dan Kilbridge of bookies.com. It's all coming your way on episode 29 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your home for the best Chicago sports talk. I'm Joey Gellman. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Gellman. He is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The show, Believe in Chicago Sports, is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. And we're going to jump in here to some Bears talk before we give you some beautiful gambling advice uh, as we head into a fun fixtures this weekend on the heart of the sports gambling schedule but we're going to jump into the bears they face the minnesota vikings i can't do lizzo otherwise i'd sing it for you uh but they they face the vikings and we're really you know looking towards this one is really interesting because right the last time they played it was the opposite the vikings are one and five and reeling and the bears are five and one and now the Vikings are the nice redemption story. They're not really going anywhere, but they have a better feel for them. As the Bears have kind of gone backwards, and so I guess when we look at this one, how much stock did you put into last week, having a week to think about it, and then trying to figure out how that plays into to Sunday if if they can turn it around? What a difference a day makes, 24 little hours, which is exactly what last Sunday did for the Chicago Bears. The narrative didn't get flipped on its head, but boy, once again, did the pause button go down on it. That's what you're going to be looking for in this game, right? You're going to be sitting on your couch come Sunday, and you're going to go, all right, are they going to pull this one out to pull the 500 and 7 and 7 and keep, quote unquote, in the hunt (laughs) and, and keep just on edge with how we because like we said we were done with Neggy, we were done with pace heck we were even done with ted phillips we were revamping the whole thing we wanted everybody out brand new minds in there let's get going new quarterback you name it and that's what this that's what this sunday is going to be you know how much stock you put into last week not too much i mean deshaun watson couldn't get any time to save his life back there he's throwing to nobody i mean there was you know there's no randall cobb out there there's no cooks there's there's no fuller that he, he has nobody out there so he's throwing to nobody had no time it was it was a it was just a depleted terrible texans team that they beat but nonetheless they kicked their ass and they rebounded from a completely embarrassing previous two weeks and now i think the majority of bears fans going into this sunday and we talked about this last week, you almost don't want to come out of this with a victory. It's not going to get you anywhere closer to being a better team moving forward. Why? Because massive changes need to be made if you want to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. At the end of the day, that's what you want, right? You want to be competing for the Super Bowl finally since the last time, what was it, about 15 years ago we're going on now? 15, 14, 14, 15 years ago. So how much stock you put in the last week? Not too much other than the fact that they came out after being a complete embarrassment and then kicked the ass out of out of a depleted Texans team. But that's, that's what you're going to be focusing on, right, Joey? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This is all about, oh, crap, how much longer are they going to stay in the race? Also, 
run out of gas. Please do not stay in the race. And that's the the biggest difficulty, right? You want to root for this team to win, but it's better if they lose. And I still want to look at last week of the biggest takeaway is that this team, I think, is still who they are. They just actually took care of business. Like the, the, the games you expected them to be in and potentially win, they kept losing. And so this was just kind of like a return or like a regression of the mean almost of like, okay, they did their job. They came out there and won. But I just think you're going to start to see, you know, similarities again of, of what went wrong because, you know, Minnesota hasn't been playing that, that badly and they are home and... And I'm starting to have, like, a big game analysis of what I'm expecting to see, what I'm going to see. But it's just, I kind of expect it to go back to normal. Or they could show shades of last week, but it's not going to be anything life-altering. And, you know, great, you turned it around and you won a game to stop your skid. But, okay, if you lose next week, then you've lost seven out of eight games. It's not much prettier of a picture. No, absolutely not. So I guess... The question just becomes is, what exactly are you rooting for, I guess, come Sunday? Are you, are you the Bears fan who, win at all costs, get to the playoffs, make me happy, give me something to watch? Or are you the the fan that, which I think is the, the most logical thinking here from the sample size that we've gotten in, in Nagy's short stint and Trubisky's short trial period with what Ryan Pace has given us, that you're ready just to call it quits, right, and, and give it up and, and move, on, yeah. move on with the thing. So, I mean, that's really what, the, no, what this Sunday true. is all about. It's difficult. It's like, it's I like fun being a Bears fan. This is, this it's is beautiful. amazing. Like, because that part of my brain, every, every Sunday is a fresh slate, right? And it goes, okay, I am ready. We have our pregame meal. I want this team to win. And then afterwards, you're like, and kind of during, you're like, you know, it's okay if they lose because then we kind of get the change we need. There's no sugarcoating it. There's not this little rally. And... You know, they had such a bad skid at the end of the day. They're not probably going to be better than, like, that much better than their 8-8, eight and eight, you know, was last year. So, like, you can salvage your season and become 11-5 and five on a big string of wins or 12-4 and four again. Like, you, you're, you're already behind the eight ball. So, it's like, you might as well keep, keep, keep dropping as, as much as you want a moral victory or to have guys not quit on this team. If you're set that this isn't the right group, why have anything in there to to make your brain be tricked again into thinking this might actually work? What if it does? Don't do maybe, that to me. Maybe you don't have to trick your brain, Joey. What, what if this is it? The boys are back. Mitch Trubisky. What if he just goes out there throwing dimes? Three, four touchdown passes. Like, can you just imagine what that would be like? And I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just saying... What if it does? Where do you stand then? It's it's going to put you in a very awkward position as a Bears fan, as somebody who's definitely critiqued the hell out of Trubisky, and rightfully so, trust me. And they're, by no stretch of the imagination am I going back now on, on Team Mitch. No way. But it would be hilarious if something like that happens where the Bears go out, defense does the whole dominating act, Mitch Trubisky plays pretty damn well, throws a couple dimes in there, don't necessarily see it happening, but can you imagine then where you where you stand as a fan base and what you're hoping for then come that Monday morning? Let me. I have I'm, no I'm idea. You, I'm going to put you on the spot. Joey is satisfied 
with the Chicago Bears outcome on Sunday if? I am satisfied if the defense returns back to form and if the offense plays to its capabilities as it did last week. So a potential victory. That's kind of what I was hinting at. I, I wanted to see more or less what you would feel best about a, a win or a loss. As crazy as it's as crazy as it sounds, we're having we're having this sports related podcast here. How we're just trying so much to t- speak into existence a Bears L. But does, does any does any results, whether it be win or loss, affect you and affect your mindset in any any which way? And thinking about this team moving forward and the position they then put themselves in. You know, it's tough because, like, like all those things I want to happen, right, could result in a win, but I almost want them all to happen and they still lose because they, cause then it shows you the ceiling of this team of how good they could be while also clearly not being good enough to win in crunch time and be that that juggernaut that they were projected to be on, in, in, in this era. Well, let's be real about something, right? So let's think about this. Take a step back. If they go on ahead... And, def- and defeat the Vikings on Sunday, find a way to then defeat the Jags, and somehow make the playoffs because I just can't. I don't even want to theoretically talk about them beating the Packers the last week. Although, what the Packers will be playing for come that last week, who knows? But they're not going to let their guard aside no matter what their outcome or, or their fate's going to be in whatever playoff seating because they're facing the Bears the final week and they're just not going to let up. So let's just say 9-7 and seven finish for the Chicago Bears gets them in some way shape or form let's be real the last two victories then would come against or the last three beat up texans team the vikings who kind of are on par with the bears if you will so far this season and then the jags to wrap it up and sneak into the playoffs is that really what you want do you want to give that that much you want to put that much stock into that if that were to happen that's why it's just better off if that doesn't because that's not the way you want to limp and just roll down the hill into the playoffs you rather just say you know what this is not the way we want to do it defense please show us you're a strong enough unit moving forward offense coaching wise we'll figure it out or am i being way too pessimistic no i because you're you're exactly right it's 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 truly what it is. Well, I'm never it, it, exactly right. No, but in this case, you are because it's all right, it's I'll take it. it. It's a really frustrating place. You know, we talk about all the type of the Bulls, like you're in basketball hell, like you're not good enough and you're not bad enough, right? And this is where the Bears sit. It's they can show you a little flashes here, and they can get those little adaptations and moral victories and offensive wins for them. Not actual game win, but like a scheme that worked and something that maybe they finally figured out, but. You you sit here and that that's not going to help him because I think everyone's kind of sold that Trubisky's not staying after this year. So anything he gives you now is gravy for this year, but there's nothing for you improving? next year. What if he keeps him? Do you really think he can improve to that level? Like he's only going to be as high like as like a one year contract. I'm just saying. I well, talked I guess, about this a little last week. I guess you I'm accused just... me of drinking the Kool Aid too. <laughs> I well, wasn't. I promise you I wasn't. Well, I guess it's, it's just it's a matter of he can be serviceable, but it, it, it's the idea. Right. You're, you're, you're viewing it in a different lens, right? Before it was, this guy's got to get to this Watson level, Mahomes level, because he's the franchise. He's, right. he's not. So he's, he, he can be an average guy that you can carry and, and bri- have a bridge for your team. But 
it's not going to be the guy you, you hoped and dreamed for. You, you still have to start over the process for that acquisition, but he can serve as the stopgap for whatever you're, you're, you're trying to do. Amazing. Right? <laughs> Amazing. So glad, so glad the Bears moved up to number two overall to draft him there because forbid somebody like a Watson, Deshaun Watson falls to you at number three. And now we're basically having a conversation about how maybe he comes back on a one-year deal next year to be, you know, that serviceable guy who, in case your number one goes down, whoever your number one, your number one is, he could go in there and be somewhat competent as he's kind of proving to be a little more of as we go down the road. But I think that's the biggest things you, you look at this Sunday. It's just that it's just that simple is, what the hell is this outcome going to be, and what is it going to mean in the bigger picture of things? Bears fans are there. I think Bears fans have been there for the past four or five weeks already in terms of what's the bigger picture already. They've we've we've thrown in the white flag on the season quite a few weeks ago. Now as you're going week by week with it, it's all just a matter of what does this result do for the big picture of the team? Because when you're not showing any championship aspiration promise. That's just immediately where you go to. Well, especially not only that, but the way they just totally regressed over the past couple seasons. It's definitely time for a change. Please don't just trip and fall and sneak into the playoffs at nine and seven because you decide you want to beat a very bad Texans team followed by the Vikings and the Jags, who at this point now only have one victory to their name. Only this team would fire Lovey Smith at a 10-6 record and then limp into the playoffs at nine and seven this year and keep everybody only this team would do that oh don't say that now oh <laughs> but that would be the conversation if they do limp in who who do you let them go is Neggy gone does Neggy buy himself another year just by the sneaking in if it does so happen what if they want a playoff game i, don't I mean well yeah you know then the, once happened, you're in the sports once you're in the dance it's it's Pretty anyone's fun. game yeah even me, and I got I got terrible dance moves, but you put me out there. <laughs> I could put together a winning act potentially. So I hear you. It's it's weird. It's almost are there, are there a little bit of nerves? There's some nerves going into this because you almost don't want the season to end up that way. I know it sounds crazy, and maybe we should be pumping the brakes here a little bit. But hey, storyline, man. I'm just going with what the p- potential outcomes here are now. There's only a few week. There's only a few weeks left. Every game is going to push the narrative one direction or the other. I'm not trying to, you know, talk into existence somebody losing their job, whether it be a Matt Nagy or a Ryan Pace. But if you want the Bears to get better, you just need to move on. They're smart enough, and I'm sure they'll find another job in the NFL. Probably need to move on. But like I said, it's there's just so much that now on a week by week basis is going to decide their their fate in the in the all too too well-known graphic that is the in the hunt graphic that you'll see on sunday night football monday night football though i'm sure they'll put it up and if you see the beers there in the thick of things and if they win then their percentage just goes higher to getting that accomplished especially when the jags are your next contest yeah i, I think the fans are more nervous in the team and the players in the organization because if they limp in the playoffs it kind of saves face for them and they kind of survive and, and the players are always going to want to compete for a spot as long as they're mathematically alive. It's the yeah. fans that are freaking out of like, don't do this. You have to blow it up. It'd be like if the Jets went on a three-game winning streak. It's like, it'd be bedlam. Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Don't you dare. That That's the fans' voice to um 
to, to, to the just to the bears in general. Don't even think about it. No, we're done here. Don't even think about walking back through that door. No, you're right. And let's be real once again. If they find a way to defeat the Vikings, the odds of then going in and rattling off three straight against the Jaguars, not the toughest task. It's not a for sure win. But at that point, it's not the toughest task. And then you really, depending on where the rest of the league is at, the Cardinals and everybody else, then you really have to start having that conversation. Don't know if it's a conversation we want to have on the show, but hey, I'll take it if it brings good content. And we're all about content, aren't we? There we go. Yeah. So <laughs> prediction there, though, Joey, before we, before we swing it over to our interview with Dan Kilbridge and learn how to become millionaires overnight. Yeah, that'd be nice. That's a good holiday wish. Uh, I'm... I'm torn on this one because because not that I'm taking stock from last week, but they looked competent. And when they look competent, you could beat a team like Minnesota. So I could see a 28-21 Bears win. Oh, and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm the one drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, I took the jug and I put it on top of my head like I just won the Super Bowl is what I just did. There you go. What color? Wait, hold on. Red, blue. What are the odds on red? What are the odds on blue? What are the I'm odds an orange guy. I'll do orange. Orange? Orange okay. or light blue, maybe. Or lime. Back. I don't know. There's like three uh, see, now you're all I over like. the place. Now I don't even know. That w- <laughs> That's that w- why you can't. I need my betting advice in the next segment. That's probably going to be one of the things you bet on for this Super Bowl, isn't it? You're, you're going to be the guy who bets the Gatorade. Yeah. Or the coin flip. Or how many fans show up. 50-50, baby. 50-50 on the coin flip. I'm just That's saying. True. That's odds. In terms of what what the outcome's going to be, well, all right, Joey's going to give it a twenty eight twenty one victory, four touchdowns to three, huh? Just a nice clean four touchdown to three touchdown game for you. That's what you got, yes, sir. Uh, Just for fun. That. And if they fall on their ass, then I'll be here for you Sunday, and you can give me shit for it. They beat the crap out of a not too good Texans team. I still think this team, while if they play at a competent level, like you said. Definitely doable defeating this Minnesota Vikings team, but I think that this team also still has, and I'm not even just hoping for this. I, 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 I just think they have a lot of bad still left in them, right? I don't think we're completely done with just the laughable Bears moments. I honestly thought we would have some last week. We didn't. Kudos to them. Hat tip. But I think this team still has another laughing moment, unfortunately, another embarrassing moment in them here and there along the road. And I see them falling 24-17, especially if you have a really bad Mitch game. Earlier we were just talking about, what if you get Mitch out out there throwing dimes? But I think he might come back down to earth a little bit too and make things a little bit more simple for us, if you will. So I think we'll be talking about a, a Vikings victory. But now time to kick it on over to our interview with Dan Kilbridge of bookies.com. Get the notepads out. Get the pencils out. A lot of great advice coming your way. If you want to learn how to make a little money or have a little fun, here's some air candy for you. Welcome back to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your favorite home for Chicago sports talk. Joey Gellman, Dan Collins here with you, and we are delighted to welcome in Dan Kilbridge. He's with bookies.com. He's here to give you all of your expert sports betting advice and guidance as we head into a lot of big 
matchups uh, in the sports calendar. We got college football playoffs, Big Ten championships, NBA starting, football's in full swing. We got a lot going on, and we're excited to welcome in Dan to the show. Dan, how are you tonight? Hey guys, I am uh, doing well. Excited for this weekend and excited for a lot of these games we got coming up. Uh, it's just a loaded slate at the end of December, so let's go. Let's make some money. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, before we jump into the, the the analysis, I'd love to you know hear a little more about you know what you guys are doing at bookies.com and how your your adventure's been with them so far and what uh, fans can do to get involved with you more on whether it's social media as well as with bookies.com to get their uh, expert picks heading into these big matchups. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been with bookies.com and the gambling.com group for a year now, and it's been uh, fantastic. I mean, the industry is booming and what could be better than, um, you know, working in sports gambling night in, night out. It's, it's a dream come true. So what we do is we offer the best point spreads on every game that's going on. So we have all the point spreads and let's say a line's kind of fluctuating between uh, three, three and a half, which we saw can be a big deal. Um, as recently as that Browns Raven game the other night, whether you get it early in the week or late in the week, uh, those are, those are big hooks. So we give you the best point spread and we also give you expert picks from myself and Adam Thompson. And you can get those by subscribing for Bookies Edge over at bookies.com. And you can read all our coverage there and find me on Twitter at Dan underscore Tilbridge. Sounds good, Dan. So let's jump right to it. Uh, we got, you know, Big Ten title game here. We have Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern, squaring off against Ohio State. So just curious, what are some things you're looking at there, um, you know, in terms of just predictions, I guess, and certain things you're looking at in terms of as you're getting your bets all laid out? What are just some things and storylines you're looking into there? First of all, that was like a Pat Hughes-esque delivery of the Chicago's team. I loved it. Uh, that was good. So when I'm looking at this game, I really want to believe that Northwestern can compete because they've been a fantastic betting team all year. Everyone was slow to jump on based on what they did last season. Um, and it's not like, other than the, the blowout over Maryland, it's not like they were winning big. They were in, you know, just complete fistfights with Purdue and Iowa what have you. Um, and I want to believe that those defensive teams with really strong defensive backs and the ability to contain an offense, I just want to believe that those teams can still compete with the Alabamas, the Ohio States. And I certainly think this Northwestern team has potential to. Um, I don't love the matchup because where Ohio State's really, uh, I don't know if they're weak, but where they're weakest is, is in the secondary with all they lost last year. I think they're actually last in the Big Ten um, against the pass. So if you were looking at, you know, a, a wheeling and dealing offense and a, a star quarterback, then I think they'd have a real good shot at maybe even an upset. And I'm not saying Northwestern can't upset the Buckeyes, but um, it's it's going to be tough sledding, and Peyton Ramsey is going to have to have uh, the game of the year for sure, and they're going to need to stop the RPO a little better than last week. I know they pulled away from Illinois, but there were a couple drives that Illinois did not capitalize on, where they were just basically going down the field on a way that, in a way that I haven't seen teams move the ball on Northwestern this year with what they were doing RPO wise. 
And um, obviously that's a ton of Ohio State's offense. So if they can keep Justin Fields from going off with his legs and get a couple turnovers like they have been doing a great job with all season, I think we could see a ball game here, and it's a big, big number with Ohio State minus 21. Uh, Still not really sure what to make of that Northwestern loss to the Spartans, but as a uh, Michigan State grad, I was happy to see it. So other than that, um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I have a hard time breaking this one down, but I'm just excited to see it because I want to see if Northwestern can, can win with defense. And keeping on Northwestern here, I'm, I'm curious, were they a team you looked at early on in the season and realized that this could be a you know the Big Ten West representative? Like, how are they continuing to just achieve, I know it's the quote-unquote lesser division of the Big Ten, but how are they able to really keep cementing themselves as kind of the one of the top-tier teams in that West division because they've been in two out of three Big Ten title games. And Dan and I are both Illinois fans, and we're crying here because our team can't get anywhere close to one of those games. It's a great question. And I I think what, you know, they have is, number one, program continuity with Pat Fitzgerald. Um, And and you've seen just how big that is, as, as I think the coaching carousel, which is certainly not slowing down in Champaign, Illinois, Uh, It's just stop, restart, stop, restart. Northwestern might not have the pieces every year. They might not have the talent of uh, some other schools in the division like Minnesota might get or Wisconsin, but they have continuity. They know what they want to do. They're not trying to compete in an arms race for facilities um, and and be a flashy program. They're they're kind of just content with who they are and and what they want to do. And I think Pat Fitzgerald, as far as I can tell, has a ton to do with that and and just getting guys to buy in and believe in what they're doing. Um, So, you know, getting Peyton Ramsey, obviously, from the transfer portal was also huge this year because even though he hasn't thrown for a ton of yards, he's done a good job leading that offense. I think think it's coaching. I think Pat Fitzgerald is, is a great college football coach. Well, speaking of great coaching and, Joey, uh, the ties we have to the University of Illinois, Lovey Smith and the boys down there in Champaign decided they're going to part ways. Lovey Smith no longer head coach over there. And, Dan, what kind of, I guess, advice would you have for some people trying to get those uh, early odds as soon as they come out on the next head coach for Illinois? A, a few names out there that you think make the most sense? Yeah, I know they were looking at uh, the Virginia Tech guy, Justin Fuente, but he's um, off the board now. And and kind of beyond that, I mean, the guy I'm looking at, based on what he's done this year, I think other teams will be too, is the Buffalo coach, uh, Lance Leopold. I mean, if you've watched the Bulls this year, they are uh, they are an offensive juggernaut. They've got, um, you know, they run for like, 300 yards a game they are just putting up stupid offensive numbers and um you know a lot of really good coaches brian kelly and countless others have come up through the mac and to me he looks like a guy who is going to be um you know the next one to make the leap because buffalo through six games has really impressed me this year and he's got a big 10 background um as a graduate assistant at wisconsin working with barry Alvarez. so there's a lot of names out there and i know it's not um you know the the most attractive job in the big 10 but i still think there's a ton of potential at illinois to get that program going in the next couple of years here 
And I, I don't know how closely they're looking at him. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of sources there anymore, but you know, Lance Leopold to me is a guy who's ready to take the next step. And I would think Illinois would at least be interested uh, in, in what he's done. I like that. See, we can talk positive things about Illinois football. It is possible, everybody. It, it really is. Uh, sticking, you know, with, with the Big Ten football slate this year, I'm curious how, you know, in twofold, how difficult has it been to, you know, give betting advice this year in the Big Ten with all these cancellations and postponements? And then with that, how those schedule alterations have really set up the following week and how you're prepping to see how a team will do in their next matchup when they have a game canceled the week before a week of practice shot, you know, because of coronavirus. Like it, it's really wreaked havoc on, on this league that's trying to crunch in as many games as they could in, in 2020. Yeah, it's been uh, tough, but rewarding. I would say, I, I think so I'm at, uh, I'm 56% on my picks this season. Um, and, and having a good year. And I, I think it's really the fact that there are so many different intangibles in these games that we're not used to seeing. But if you pay attention and you read the Chicago Tribune and all the local papers and get a feel for what's really going on with a team COVID-wise and how many players they're going to have available, you can sort of get an edge that's not widely available. Um, and, and I would say that's true of sports betting in general. The more you put in, obviously, the more you get out. But this year, there have been some some really big opportunities where if you know that one team is going to be without an entire position group or a, a key special teams player, uh, you can take advantage of it. So it's been chaotic, but I've I've sort of thrived in in the chaotic environment. And in terms of the uh, one of the most difficult parts early on was something you alluded to in the, the rest. How does it impact the team if they're off for two or three weeks at a time and playing a team that went out there last week? And early in the season, it hurt teams to sit because they were still, um, you know, you got to remember these guys didn't have a normal training camp. They didn't have the normal two-a-day schedule, and it's all kind of messed up. So early on, they needed those reps. They needed that time to gel and get some cohesive position groups out there. But now, this late in the season, um, you know, guys are banged up. Guys need time to rest. So the past month or two, I've seen it very advantageous for teams coming off two or three weeks wet rest, whereas early in the season, um, it was the opposite. So with anything, it's just pretty much paying attention to the trends and, and just read as much as you possibly can and talk to as many people as you can to know what they're talking about. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, a lot of states now jumping on board in the beginning of, you know, this year and years prior, we're getting more and more states now with legalized gambling, obviously here in Illinois a little earlier in in the year. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're in a pandemic year (laughs) and that throws everything, you know, in a loop. So I wonder here, Dan, you know, what would you would say to like some of the newer bettors out there that are now because obviously it's gaining a lot of traction. What are some of your favorite betting strategies, whether it's, you know, just the smaller 10 cent, a couple dollar parlays you know do you usually come come football sundays go barking with the dogs are you taking the favorites what are just some you know key strategies you would have for people who are just barely getting into the crazy world that is sports gambling i mean i think the the easiest strategy to adopt early on is uh fade the public in the nfl because there's 
so much money involved and there are so many teams that look terrible from week to week. And then out of nowhere, they'll have a good week and, and people are scratching their heads going, wait a minute, how did, how did they do that? And, and it's really just about paying attention to uh, which teams are getting the most money bet on them and which teams are the majority of the public betting on this week and then going the other direction. If you'd have done that for the past 10 years in the NFL, you would be doing uh, very well for yourself because it, fading the public is a tried and true strategy in the NFL. Just even if you're a rookie better, I would say even just whatever you think is going to happen in an NFL game, bet the opposite way because it's a crazy league with injuries and all sorts of outside things going on. So that would be my number one strategy. Read up on fade the public in the NFL is kind of a beginner's intro. Um, beyond that, strategy-wise, I would just say you have to find sports that you that you love to watch because you have to watch a lot of these games and you have to put a lot of time into paying attention. So if you're kind of a baseball guy, but your passion is really uh, mixed martial arts, I would say just focus solely on UFC betting. And then maybe every once in a while, throw a uh, parlay together for, for some of the other sports. It's kind of a, you know, a fun thing to do, but basically uh, in terms of, you know, what kinds of bet to take. Don't go out there betting a bunch of parlays expecting to hit it big. Because I know, especially in our industry now, the gambling industry and certain people have sort of romanticized these 10 and 12 league, you know, 10 and 12 team parlays where a guy splits $25,000 on a $10 bet. You're playing the lottery. That is not a game of skill when you're putting in 10 and 12 team parlays. It might feel like it, but it's not. So if you're just starting out and you're trying to actually take this seriously, I would say stick to the sports you know, stick to point spreads, totals. Do not touch teasers. They're called teasers for a reason. Don't get into the big parlays. Just play a little bit responsibly and see how you like it. That would be my sales pitch. No, that's that's great advice. And and, and as we look at that, and, and I know you mentioned you know the the fan aspect of it, and what you root for, and you know maybe stick to the sports you know the best. Uh, this may be a you know a logical correlation or question, but you know when when sports gambling was legalizing, as it's now exploded across the country, the goal and hope for all these leagues was to build you know more exposure for their sport through gambling, and that they would be able to attract maybe a little more general fan into their into their fan base from from people you've talked to and working in it have you i know coronavirus has probably thrown a lot of this you know out the window but at least when things were normal have you have you seen that uptick to where a casual fan or a sports fan has gotten even more into their sport because they're now able to engage with each game through sports gambling beforehand live betting afterwards what have you yeah, I mean, it's it's been that. It's been the fantasy stuff, too, it has been big. But it, it really is just – and we're talking about something that it can be perceived as sort of a, um, a bad thing. If people are losing a ton of money doing it, then it's a vice and then it's a problem. But if you're able to just view it as a fun activity and something that you might potentially be good at someday and not get carried away – then absolutely the interest has grown 
exponentially, and we're seeing it as more and more states legalize sports gambling. Um, not everyone, you know, I, I frequent some, you know, smoky, dark bars and run with a motley crew. So I never had any problem finding a, a bookie to take action uh, on the low. But it's not, uh, that's not for everyone. And it's certainly not for everyone to be taken advantage of by maybe offshore sports books who uh, aren't paying out timely or are taking advantage in a different way. Um, this is a perfect opportunity to get people who are interested in make them, you know, actual sports bettors without getting themselves into trouble. And I, I've seen it, you know, personally, I've seen it from the numbers. It, it does just continue to grow, but we're just at the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I'm in, I'm in North Carolina right now. I can't legally place a bet online. I would have to drive three hours to a casino or whatever it may be. Uh, same goes for a lot of states in the South. And we're really just starting to see right now that interest uh, grow. And I think there are a lot of people who would love to just get 20, 20 bucks down on, uh, on their alma mater if they're playing a college football Saturday. They just don't know how to go about it, and they haven't been introduced to it in the right way. Also, so I would say – Oh, go ahead. Uh, real quick, sorry. If, if you want any evidence – that uh, sports gambling is kind of taking over. Um, do you think Maction is happening if sports gambling doesn't exist? Are people tweeting and hashtagging and getting fired up for Toledo versus Akron on a Tuesday night? No, like Maction is the perfect example of how people get invested to any league um, or any team as long as they can get some action on it. Hundred percent, and there's plenty of entertainment value that comes with that. You hinted earlier, actually, at the Ravens-Browns game, where the crazy safety at the end ruins the three-point, the three and a half Browns cover. So I wonder, you know, just talking about the entertaining highs and lows, Dan. What are some of the the worst bad beats, or I guess your worst bad beat you've ever been a part of? And more on, on the uh, on the high standard, any any kind of backdoor covers or anything that have come come through in your favor that you remember? Oh, we've had our share of both. Um, there we go. I, I do have uh, like one really good beat that, that stands out and is my favorite of all time. Uh, so we'll start with the good news and then get you the bad news. It was, it was a 2012 Idaho BYU game. Um, and naturally I was betting on Idaho plus 39 and a half, way too many points. They're down 42 to seven at halftime. So things aren't looking good there. BYU is up 52 to 10 in the last minute of the game. And Idaho has a fourth and it was fourth and six. And they're down 42 points. The spread is 39 and a half. Then I'm thinking, okay, they're going to go for it on fourth and six. They haven't completed a pass all night, let alone got a first down. There's no way they're getting this. Instead of going for it on fourth and six down 42, they decide to punt. They're like, yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> they punt, and the BYU return man fumbles. They like, just completely muffs it. And then you get out of your chair, you go, wait a minute. <laughs> Idaho pounces on the ball, and they recover down 42. And I'm like, Hell yeah, that's incredible that they got the ball back. The problem was there were like six seconds left, and they only had time for one play from the BYU 18-yard line. There's no way they were going five yards, let alone 18. 
So it's like, all right, they'll take a stupid shot at the end zone here and we'll come close that. that. I think, and I don't know his name, but whoever was coaching Idaho in 2012 knew that spread was 39 and a half. And he sent his field goal team out there down 42 with six seconds left in the game to kick the field goal, at which point we're all just going crazy. And uh, the kicker makes the field goal to lose 52 to 13, and they lose by 39. They were 39 and a half point underdogs. That was the craziest gambling finish I've ever seen and somehow happened to be on Idaho at plus 39 and a half. Uh, you guys are Bears, Bears guys, right? Oh, yeah. So this was, yeah, this is really a bad beat necessarily. Uh, it just sucks. I was all over Bears money line against the Lions every way you could take it and had it in several parlays. Um, which were which were gonna hit, and it, this is not your traditional bad beat. But to see the Bears blow that lead against the Lions in that fashion, um, when basically, if you're looking at a parlay, I'm thinking, okay, Browns need to win, Saints need to cover. But it was the second half. It was like I don't need to worry about the Bears. They're taken care of. They're, they're just gonna ice it. So for them to lose that game and then cost me money line bets, spread bets, parlay, that sucked. Um, and one, one quick word of advice as well, because I, I can't think of like one terrible beat like the Browns or Ravens game that stands out, but I will issue a PSA. Um, you know, sometimes like you're, you're at Wrigley drinking before a game and the wind is just howling. The flags are going straight out to center field. And it's like, I don't care if the over-under is 14 and a half runs, this thing's going over in the fifth mm. inning. Oh, yeah. hundred it happens so, all the time. Yeah, so I'm I'm with a bunch of my friends for a Cubs Tigers series, maybe I want to say 2016, and uh, it was one of those days where the wind was just right in the money spot. Because even sometimes, even when it's blowing out, it's not like perfect for the home run ball. These flags were were just nonstop in the right direction in the sun zone. So we put like everything we had on the over. Um, the overhit in the third inning, we're all going crazy. And it wasn't until the next morning driving back to Michigan that I realized I had accidentally bet the under in that game. Oh, no. And we lost. Yeah, so it wasn't just – and it would have been one thing if it was, like, just my bet that I would have been pissed. But, like, I had all my friends on my account, too. So <laughs> having to announce that to the car, like driving back, hungover, going through Gary, Indiana at 9 a.m. in the morning, was uh, that was a low point. So my, my overall message here is if you're new to sports betting, triple check and make sure that you have the correct wager entered before you hit enter. Oh, that's great advice, and that must have been just a brutal car ride back. <laughs> uh, sticking, sticking. No, you know, you mentioned Wrigley, so we'll stick with a, a Cubs question for you. This is actually from Dan, but I'm going to steal it. Uh, so, you know, Chris Bryant is all the talk here for the Cubs if he's staying or going. What are your thoughts on you know if and when there is a little more traction to these rumors? Start when when the books are going to start throwing out future bets to him whether he's going to be staying or going with the Cubs. What, what have you kind of been, you know, hearing both as a, a sports fan and I'll give you the title of exclusive betting insider as well. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's just, 
I, I think it's to me, I'm making this close to like even, you know, making it a pick em because, and I'm not as tuned in uh, to the Cubs as, as you guys are up there, but to me, it seems like they're very willing to listen if they get the right offer and they're going to want uh, a lot for Bryant in return, understandably so. It seems to me like Bryant loves playing in Chicago, uh, loves, you know, the the Rizzo core that, that they've had for a long time. I just wonder a little bit that that arbitration hearing thing just dragged on for so long and no, you didn't really hear a lot about it, but it always seemed like there was sort of a little bit of bad, uh, bad vibes kind of below the surface, just with the way they treated KB uh, by holding him back in the minors his rookie year for a month or two when he absolutely should have been in the opening day lineup. It's probably not going to factor into the decision either way, but I just wonder if those, you know, the years-long arbitration thing um, comes into a factor at all. And selfishly, I hope he's back. I know that he sucked at the end of last year and uh, couldn't buy a hit in the postseason. Either way, guys, a Chicago legend, uh, you know, helped record the, the final out of the World Series in 2016. And, you know, if he goes, uh, thank you for your time and, and all you've done for this city. And if he comes back, then, you know, let's go. Because it is. The, the Cubs are at a weird crossroads right now with, with Theo leaving and Ross coming in. And they've still got, you know, some of the OGs. It's just it's a really interesting lineup, and I can see why people are having trouble kind of trying to game it all out because there are a lot of different directions they could go in. And I think KB, say or leave right now, I would make it a pick em. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to definitely see how that all plays out. And, Dan, you can't talk gambling without – bringing up the whole live betting aspect to it all. I just wonder, how do you go about, you know, your live betting strategies, whether it be, you know, we'll pick, um, you know, college basketball, college football. How do you go about your live betting strategies when you're looking to place that live bet, when you're not, um, and just basically how you go about it? Yeah, I'm looking at, for for live betting, I, I stick pretty exclusively to, like, good teams, and particularly good teams who don't have the best start one of my, my favorite sports bets of all time was five or six years ago uh with that elite warriors team that won the title the the best team that they had in that run there were a lot of nights where they were coming off back to back and maybe you go from you know houston to boston and you're tired and they're down eight in the second in the first half Warriors' second half line that season was the lock of the century because Steph and Clay would turn it on, Draymond would start talking, and they just wake up. And you can see them go, all right, guys, time to quit screwing around. We're going to run the offense. We're going to win this game by 12. And so I'm looking at, for live betting, there's a lot, you know, ton of different ways to go about it. This is the future of sports gambling. But my just sort of basic live betting standby is good teams, bad starts and you get an NFL line, maybe, uh, you know, whoever you like is minus 10 and they give up a, a weird touchdown on the opening drive. So now, you know, maybe now they're minus four, maybe now they're minus five. I, I like to jump on good teams early who just get off to bad starts because more often than that, 
you would have been you would have gone bankrupt trying to do that uh, with Florida against LSU on Saturday. So the strategy can backfire, but uh, that's kind of what I usually look for is like good teams, bad starts. And Dan, before we we let you go here, we got to torch you with uh, a Bears preview and prediction, and they've I guessing have not been the the most. Uh, Fun team to bet on this year. Maybe easy because they've they've had the same story for six out of the last seven weeks. But what what's kind of been the trend for you with with the Bears this year, and, and where are you seeing this game kind of lean and go towards? Uh, and they take on the Vikings. Well, I see Kirk Cousins against a really good defense, so I like it. Um, you should. No one should ever take my Bears betting advice because every week I am all in. Uh, waving the Allen Robinson flag. I mean, I just, it's so stupid. I, every single week, I'm just on Bears money line. I call it the fan tax. Like, you know, when you're like a little kid, the Bears are the most important thing in the world. And if they lose, um, I can think of, you know, that Eagles playoff game in 2001 where Jim Miller gets hurt, a uh, cheap shot from Hugh Douglas. I was devastated for like a week and a half. I could not recover. Uh, from that loss. And it sort of goes away when you get older. You, you don't have, they're not going to ruin your month, which is good and healthy. But I've found just taking Bears money line blindly every week to be a good way of sort of getting that childlike uh, euphoria and feeling of living and dying with your team. Um, it, it was great for the first month of the season. Has not worked out, but I don't know, like where the hell was Montgomery the first eight weeks. Why weren't they just giving him the rock? We have no idea. Everyone everyone predicted David Montgomery having a breakout. Week, yeah. yeah, and it's like a breakout, 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 and it just it didn't exist. It's like Matt Nagy's afraid of the run. He, he shipped Jordan Howard out of town, now doesn't want the guy they drafted. It's it's a mess. Did he still, mess. Is, is he still giving up play calling duties? Yeah, I believe so. It still should be Bill Lazor doing it. Yeah. yeah, For the past two weeks. I'm out on Nagy. I, I, that, that to me, when he gave him up, it felt like a middle finger to the fans being like, all right, you think I'm the problem? Like, here you go. Let's see what someone else can do. And they really, uh, they sucked right when he did that. But I know, the way they've been getting Patterson involved in the run game, I mean, they've got, like, that's what's so frustrating. They have pieces offensively. I think Mooney's been really good um, as a rookie and offensive line We've seen some horrible offensive lines over the years. This one is not horrible. It's it's below average, but it's not like you know it's not going to kill you. It's been as as I guess has been the story now for thirty five years. It's just a freaking quarterback. Like it's we got to draft another quarterback. That's the only way. Yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback is that is a tale as old as time here for the Bears. They just can't seem to to get it right, which is just so infuriating. But we're fans; we stick with them, and we, look, we even if they're not going to make the playoffs this year, we uh, we look forward to each Sunday so they can just rip out our hearts. It's a beautiful, beautiful tradition. Dan, this has been awesome. We appreciate the time, Dan Kilbert from Bookies dot com. You can subscribe there to get all of your exclusive betting needs from Dan. He's on Twitter at Dan underscore Kilbridge. And uh, we are looking forward to the next time we get to talk to you as the sports calendar is just starting to heat up even even more. The world's getting a little more back to normal. So we can't wait to uh, bring you on and talk all about it soon. I will come talk Bears, Northwestern Cubs anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on.
Great stuff there from Dan Kilbridge. A thank you to him once again of bookies.com with some pretty good advice for not only the novices out there, but the vets in the game here of sports gambling. So for my partner, Joey Gelman, who you could find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Myself, you can find on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. This lovely show. Thank you so much for listening. You could find it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and as well on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. We'll catch you next time to wrap up and talk about what could be a very exciting or very laughable Minnesota Vikings versus Chicago Bears game. We'll see and catch you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.